Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Nothing shaken. Man. You know, when you enter times as that, when you understand it wasn't an emotional experience that you had, but the the person of God. <laughs> um, and you go, well, how do you know that? You, because I'm his sheep and I know his voice. <laughs> I know his voice and I know when um, he's here. So it's a, I just want us to... I want us to not be satisfied I want us to not be satisfied there's so much more to him and he's peeling me back like an onion myself I think and each day I'm going God is there something else I've hidden in there that I don't even know is hidden in there it's hindering me from seeing all of who you are, not because you're hiding from me, but because I'm hiding from you behind something, behind a lie, behind something. And um, as he continues to reveal just who he is to me, and uh, I can't articulate it, um, but it stirs me to know him. And to know that he's bigger than his book. He's bigger than his book. He'll never contradict his book, but as John's gospel says, I suppose if everything that Jesus said and did was written down, the world itself couldn't contain the volumes. So it didn't say, I suppose if everything uh, that Paul did, it said if everything Jesus both said and did were written down, the world itself couldn't contain the volumes. So we don't have everything that Jesus did, but we know from Hebrews 1 that he was the exact representation of the Father, right? And we see Jesus, how he dealt with people in love, in mercy, in compassion. He, he, he was calling them out of what had them bound into something new. And that's what we have to see. Many times we hold on to our fears because it's familiar. And what he's calling us into is unfamiliar and it's scary but he's calling us into something that is far greater. And, uh, you know, I, I just going to maybe, I hate Katie and him had to leave to go to the kids because she would really appreciate this. But as we were worshiping, uh, Jim will appreciate this as well. Uh, Jim's here. I had a flashback of Captain Marvel. Yeah, come on, our Marvel people here. And I was, when with everything that's happened today and being... And God calling us into something greater than us. I, but it starts with a heart of just saying, God, I want it no matter what it costs. And I was, as we were worshiping and, and some of the words were coming forth, and Diana gave that word about you've got to be determined. 
I, I remember in the movie Captain America, if you haven't seen it, just humor me for a minute. I won't be long today, but I feel like the Lord is wanting to do something in us. And, and if he can take 12 people and turn the world upside down, what can he do with just our town with this amount of people? 12 people turned the world upside down. I was reading in John when Jesus came into the triumphal. This is Palm Sunday. It is. It's Palm Sunday. It's when Jesus came into Jerusalem. And, and the Pharisees were saying, it's too late now. The whole world's following after this man. Y'all have waited so long, the whole world, because they were throwing down palm branches and declaring, Hosanna, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. They said, it's too late now, we've lost them all. But they were able to sway the people, we know. But it's Palm Sunday, and, and Jesus, as he came in, everyone was singing his praises, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. But we know in just a few days what they were singing. The same people that were screaming Hosanna were screaming, crucify him. The same ones. The ones that he came for. The lies of the enemy were able to turn them. But I was... Thinking of all that was going on in here this morning and how the presence of the Lord came in so strong. And I don't ever want to take that for granted. And I don't ever. And I'm just going to tell you now, moving forward, <laughs> that if not as he comes in like that, there doesn't have to be a word sung or a, or a word given. Look at me. Are you with me? So what are you saying? So I'm saying I'm believing and I, I think we're just touching the hem of his garment. <laughs> and the more that we position ourselves to receive from him, not beg him to give more because he's given it, but as we position ourselves to receive what he's giving, we're going to have more times of more intensity of what we experience today, of his presence coming in the room. And I believe in manifestations and all that, but I believe his presence is going to come in the room. I've prayed for it since I started ministry year, 30 years ago. That if under the old covenant, the presence of God could come in the room when no one could speak or even stand, that why shouldn't we see that under the new covenant? So I'm believing as we continue to see him and recognize his voice and see what's happening is this. The more that are tuning in and hearing his voice, the more of who he is manifests in the room. And that's why we feel the weighty presence. It's not like he's holding it from us and we have to do so much to get it. But as we acknowledge who he is and it's just like a tuning fork that goes off. You walk in, boom, we put another fork there, they'll go, they'll start resonating with the same tune. And as we are tuning in to him and what he's saying, you have one, then another, all over the room, and then, good Lord, that just, I'm just going, woo, 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 and it's running all over me. Every hair on my body standing up. Why? Because it's Him. It's the sound of heaven coming out. Uh, and there may be times we just get quiet. And there may be times that if I feel that and I sense that and you go for the mic, I may stop you. Don't be offended. It's not that what you have isn't important. It's not that it's not God. It's just not now. Because I'm not so sure that I didn't miss it some this morning. <laughs> Just being honest. I feel that what I said was right. But I feel that what he's doing is so important that if we can't just be and be in his presence, we'll miss him. That's not biblical. The disciples were in the boat struggling. And it said Jesus would have walked by. But they saw him. And they said, Jesus, we need you. Come in the boat. He said, don't be afraid. And Peter said, if that's really you, tell me to come. 
give Peter a hard time because he's saint, but he's the only one who stepped out of the boat. He, nowhere in the scriptures does it lead us to believe that Peter's the only one who could have stepped out. He's the only one that was determined, Diana. If that's you, tell me to come. So he put Jesus in a position. Was it Jesus? Yes. Peter said, if it's you, tell me to come. So what was Jesus' option? Tell him to come. All right, so Captain America. Because I feel, as I watched that movie and I saw the one, one part where Captain America is this little shriveled up man and he's trying his best. He's not Captain America then. He's, what's his name? Steve Rogers, that's right. He's trying to get in the military and he's faked his, faked his ID. <laughs> Our Marvel heads in here. Thank you, Courtney. He's trying to get into the service, and he can't because he's all these issues with him. And, uh, and I don't even remember what started it, but this big bully starts a fight with him. And he's, he goes out in the, hall, in the alley, and he's, he's hitting him, and he just gets up. He's hitting him, and he gets up. And he gets up, and he's bloody and all this, and then his friend, what's his friend's name? Bucky. Yeah, I'm just testing you. Bucky comes out and breaks up, but right before Bucky comes out, he gets up, he's got blood coming down, his tie's all disheveled and everything, and he goes, he looks at the guy and says, I can do this all day. I can do this all day. He was determined. that He didn't allow the natural that he was getting his bottom handed to him to break who he was. He had to fight in him. And he became Captain America in the movie because they had all these guys, and he... he they finally got him, he finally got in, and he had all these guys in there in training, and this guy says, why in the world do you want him? And he pulls a, a dummy grenade out and throws it in all these people who look like they've got it going on. You remember Diana talking about those who come in, and they look like they, they've got it? And you know what I've seen? There, sometimes the greatest hindrance to your life can be natural talent. Sometimes the greatest hindrance to you can be your gifting because you take it for granted. So he throws this grenade out in all these men, these beefy men, and, and, all, and all of them run like little scared kids. And this guy jumps on it. And he just looks at him. And it was his heart. The inside of him that said, I could do this all day long. I know as I was seeing that play through my mind, the Lord said, there's people in here that feel like every time they stand up, they get knocked down. Every time they stand up, they get knocked down. He said, but I want them to know who I am and that it will not always be this way. They just have to believe me and come out of that into what I have for them. And see, for him, he had to go into this machine. They had to shoot these things in his muscles and all that. And he came out. From five foot five, I'm giving him a few foot short, few inches shorter than me. <laughs> five foot five to six two and muscle bound and all that. And he came out and the Lord said, when you come into me, that's what you come into. When you come into me and you lose who you were into who I am, that's how you, I see you in the spirit. And there wasn't a man that could stand before him, Captain America, once he came out of that. There wasn't a man. And Jesus said, I've done the same thing for you because as I am, so are you in the earth. It's what I've done. It's not what I'm doing. It's what I've done. But it all, 
comes from that heart of saying, you know what? It may feel like. And I, as I was saying that, there are those of you who've, who've really been saying, I want to hear God. I, I want to know his voice. And it sounds like this. And a little more of this. And you go, it's not working. And he says, yes, it is. I'm just working some lies out of you. I'm still talking. It's just that still, small voice. And when you quiet all the lies, because here's what I've realized, even in my life, in the most, is that when it's like this, it's when we're most uncomfortable. That's why we fill our lives with chaos. We've always got music playing. We've always got something on. We've got the TV going. We've got something going just so it's not this. And what he said is this, be still and know that I'm God. There are times that when we're just still, that, that he'll manifest himself in such a way. And the things that we've been believing for, praying for, contending for, and all that, and when we just get still, he goes, now I can give it to you because you've quit trying to get it. You just want to be with me. And I sense that that's what the Lord is saying to us as a body, is that there's so much he's placed in us and, and stirring in us because it's not about us. It's about what he wants to do through us. And uh, what he's looking for is for those who will slow down and turn aside and say, God, I don't understand everything I see. How could Moses understand a bush that was on fire that wasn't consumed? We can look back and we can look at the whole story and go, oh, it was God manifest himself. How awesome. But if it was you walking down the road and you saw a bush burning that wasn't burning. And you'd never seen that before in your life. But Moses turned aside. He looked. And I feel that the Lord is saying right now, what are you willing to turn away from? To turn to me so I can show you who I am and what I'm wanting to say to you. And he's called me into a season of that, of turning aside of some things. And as we do that, the more that we do that, the more that we can hear because the distractions are out. And the more that we see, that we can see Jesus in so many things. That it's just because we're not jaded by everything else that we see. The lies, the fears, and all of those things. We start seeing him from love and who he is. And I, we also see the things that have bound us and held us. We see them losing their grip because they don't, they're not where our attention is anymore. It's on him. Yeah. So as I was thinking about today and it being Palm Sunday, and it, it was the time that, that Jesus rode in, and uh, it took me back to to Luke chapter 4 when Jesus stood up and he starts quoting from Isaiah and he says the spirit of the Lord is upon me he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor to bind up the broken hearted to set at, captive, set at liberty those that are captive uh, and I missed something there and he says to preach the acceptable year of the Lord and it says he rolled up the scroll and he sat down and he said today the scripture is fulfilled in your ears that Jesus Proclaimed who he was and what he had come to do to set the captives free. In Isaiah uh, 
61 is what he was quoting. He says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And that word Lord God there is the spirit of yod Hey vav Hey is upon me. Because yod Hey vav Hey has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the... And, and that's when he, he closed it. He didn't read the second part of verse 2, which says, In the day of vengeance of our God. Because Jesus came in the middle of that. He came to proclaim the goodness of God, to redeem men to himself. But the vengeance of our God had not come yet. It still hasn't come yet, because we're in the days in the dispensation of grace, where God's not dealing with us according to our sins. As a matter of fact, Romans says he's no longer imputing our sins to us. Thank God. He's no longer imputing our sins to us, but... He says when he, he got to that place, he rolled up the scroll and he sat down. And I thought about what Jesus did in the three short years he was here, how he lived and what he did among the people, how when he came into town, even when he came into uh, in Jerusalem here, when you look in Matthew 21, when Jesus comes into town, they're, they're crying, Hosanna, Hosanna. <laughs> and, you know, I said, I alluded to this last week. And uh, I, well, I didn't allude to this exactly, but I talked about God can even use a donkey to talk. Balaam, his donkey talked to him. And we look here, and uh, I was reading something this morning. And Jesus is writing, it says that he went and he got a donkey and a colt that had never been ridden. And uh, just that, how supernatural that was as Jesus was coming in. He says, he tells two of his disciples, go over into the other town, and there's somebody there that's going to let you borrow his truck. It's his brand new truck. It's never been driven. He's going to let you borrow his truck so that I can ride into town on it. I mean, that's what the donkey was. It had never been ridden before, and Jesus, he, he just said, go tell them that I have need of it. So they go over, they get this donkey, never been ridden before, and Jesus rides in on the donkey and they're crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. I don't believe anywhere in that donkey's mind he thought, they're here to worship me. They're here to worship me. It's all about me. They just knew that the one that they were carrying was worthy. And what we have to understand is that the same is true. We have the privilege. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we have the privilege to carry the presence of God everywhere we go. Jesus paid high price for us to carry the presence of God everywhere we go. So when God flows through us, it's not that we get puffed up in ourselves, but we just acknowledge who's working in us and through us. It's Jehovah God. He's worthy. When he gives a word, he said, when you speak, speak as the oracles of God. So that we don't speak as, well, that's just me, or that we speak as if God is speaking through us. In Matthew 21, it says, uh, go in the village, verse 2, opposite and immediate, uh, and immediately you will see, find a donkey and a colt, uh, loose them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything, the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. And that all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. Then they brought the donkey and the colt, laid their robes on them, 
and set him on them. And were very, at a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and, and spread them on the road. Then the multitude went before him. Those who followed him cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem and all the city uh, was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. And what's the next thing it says that Jesus did? It says he cleansed the temple. He comes in. They're declaring who he is. And Jesus said, this is who I am. Why are you using the temple for something it's not made for? Wow. Could have stopped before you got there. He cleansed the temple. Then Jesus went into the temple and of God and drove out all those who brought who bought and sold into the te- in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who uh, who sold doves and he said to them it is written my house shall be called the house of prayer and you have made it a den of thieves listen to this then verse 14 so we go well Jesus just lost his cool no he didn't it was the it was the um, love for the house of God that was shut up in his body in his in his being. I would to God we would have that same love for this temple. Are you with me? With this temple that we say, God, I won't allow sin in this because that's not what it was made for. This body in creation, when God created Adam and Eve, it was created to rule this earth over every living thing that lives. This body was made through God to rule. It's never lost its intention. It's just misused. Jesus walks in and says, this temple's been misused. He drove them out. And what's the next thing that happens? Look at this, verse 14. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Ah! Jesus comes in. They're crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. We come in and we worship. Jesus, you're worthy. Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord. You're good. You're a good, good father. You're so good. He is good. We love you. We love you. And we got junk in our temple that we're not willing to get out. It can be fear. It can be, as I said earlier, it can be uh, destructive lifestyles. It can be lies of the enemy that we've believed over and over and over. We carry those in. And we're saying, God, I want you. God, I want to see your power. I want to see who you are. I want to see it demonstrated in me. I want to see it demonstrated through me. And here, when Jesus came in, he cleaned the temple and said, here's what it's used for. And the blind and the lame came in and they were healed. How do we miss it? How do we miss it? It's not a work that we perform. It's a decision that we make. It's not a work that we perform. It's a decision that we make that we're going to live according to who he's created us to be and not according to who we had been. And as we do, in communion with him, in fellowship with him, and this temple is in proper order, then what we cry out for and what we say we want to see and what's actually for the unbeliever, it said the signs and the wonders are for the unbeliever. Jesus said, if you don't believe my words, believe the very works that I've done. Are you with me? So once the temple is put in order, 
immediately we see the lame and the blind being healed. Hosanna, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. He was on a high, wouldn't you say? Riding on a donkey, never been ridden. I've never seen anybody try to ride, well, maybe. I've seen people try to ride a horse or something that hadn't been ridden before, and it normally doesn't end so pretty. Normally ends with the horse and no person on them. Normally. But Jesus rode, and he came in, and they were declaring, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And what I love about it is Jesus knew that that's who he was, so it didn't affect him. And he just continued to be who he was. And when he saw the temple being used for something it wasn't supposed to be used for, he did what needed to be done. You know what's amazing? Jesus did that at the first of his ministry, and he did it at the end of his ministry. We see in the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, he goes in and he sees them doing the same thing. And it says he turned over their tables and run them out. He made a scourge and went in and uh, ran them out. Said, this is my father's house and uh, you've made it a den of wolves and thieves. We see that in the very beginning of his ministry. And we see it again at the end of the ministry. He's the Alpha and Omega, that's right. The beginning and the end. And what's he saying? I want to use your temple for what I created it for. So that the lame and the blind, the maimed, the hurting can come in and be set free. And that's the same today. It's the same today. That's his heart's cry for us. And I'll, I'll close with this, this passage. I was uh, in prayer this week. And I was outside. And the Lord had told me, I want you to take your Bible. I want you to take your Bible, not your iPad or your phone. I want you to take your Bible. And uh, my Bible is, the binding is coming off of it. It's come loose. I'm going to have to get it worked on, I think. But uh, he said, I want you to take it. And I'm sitting there, and I'm going to a passage. I'm flipping to a passage in Proverbs, and uh, the wind blows. And I'm not one that's for wind-blowing Bible studies. It's not what I'm promoting. Okay, I'm not saying go sit out in the, in the wind and wherever it ends is where you read. Because it might end where Judas went and hanged himself. It's not where you want to be. Not at all. So I'm there and I'm, I'm turning to Proverbs, the end of Proverbs, and the wind blows and it just stops right here. And the Lord just said, Todd, this is where I want you to, to live. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Verse 7 says, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Trust in Yahweh. yod Hey, vav Hey, The one who's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. The great I am. Trust in him. And don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct your paths. 
Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. It'll be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. You know what it'll do? It'll fortify your temple. It'll fortify your temple to be used for his honor and his glory. That's what he's calling us. That's his heart's cry for us. Is that we would come aside. That we would trust him and realize who he is. That we would see that he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why is that important? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Look at who he was to them and what he did to them, for them. What he did through them. That's what he's wanting you to recognize. If he did this for Abraham, when Abraham said, willingly, God, I'll sacrifice my son because I feel like that's what you're saying. God provided another one and said, Abraham, I see your heart. Now, Abraham didn't, didn't look at what was going on around him and get distracted, but he stirred himself up in faith, believing that God is who he said he was. Right? That's who he wants us to look at. That's who he wants us to see, that that's who he is, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the Lord your God. I change not. That's who he is. And as I was looking at that, I was thinking of Colossians, um, and we may look at that next week, because the Lord's really had me in Ephesians chapter 4, talking about that we grow up into him, And Colossians talking about we've been transferred, we've been conveyed out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That's where we are, right? This is God's perspective of us. And many times we spend our life trying to get to where God's already put us. So I'll close with this. The Bible says when I get born again, I'm, I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This is where I am. This is my position as a New Covenant, New Testament believer. I'm right here seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, Ephesians says. Colossians 1 and 2, Colossians 1 around verse 12 talks about he's transferred us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So this is my position is here with him. And we spend most of our Christian life over here. Trying to get to there. We strive in our, in our works, in our duties, trying to do it. If I just get this out of my life. And Todd, you've been talking about cleaning up the temple. But me cleaning my temple doesn't put me there. Only me believing into Jesus puts me here. And once I'm here, it's finished in the eyes of God. Then the cleaning of the temple is so much easier from here because his spirit's in me and I'm seated in him. I'm not caught up in that because Romans says I've been freed from it. The power of sin is no longer in my life. Now it's a choice to not partner with it in the journey. So when we live to learn, when we learn to live from here, it changes our perspective because we're not trying to get from God. We're living from where He's placed us. Our identity becomes here. Can I still mess up here? Absolutely. But do you know the beautiful thing about being here is that I'm in Him. So when I mess mess up, it's covered by Him. So I'm not trying to get somewhere. I'm seated in him. As I live from this position, it changes everything else. So I'm not striving to get there. I'm living from there. And when I realize that, 
then I don't have to have the things that I used to have to have here, the pat on the back, the affirmation. I won't work myself to death to try to get what's already been given to me. I'll put it this way. I, I don't struggle, strive, pray for, beg for a Jeep, a 2008 Jeep. I don't struggle, strive, or pray for it to be paid off. You know why? Because I have a 2008 Jeep and it's paid for. I don't one day go through the day wondering, man, what if they come and get my Jeep? If they come get my Jeep, they stole it. <laughs> That's a whole different story. It's true. I don't struggle and strive and strain because it's mine. I don't hope to get it. I've got it. And he's wanting us to understand what's been placed in us and that we live from that. And that has different manifestations through each of our lives as we're living from this position because we're like that multifaceted diamond. Every way we turn us, we look a little different. Thank God we look a little different every way you turn us. Amen? Let's stand. So what's our takeaway today? That the great I am has taken up residence on the inside of everyone who's declared him to be their Savior and their Lord. And what he's saying is, I want us to begin to live from sonship instead of for sonship or toward sonship. That makes sense. I'm not living or striving to get it. I'm living from it. And that's what his heart for us is today. And again, go back to Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. So, Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you're doing in us and among us, God, I thank you that you <clears throat> have called us your temple, that we've been set apart, and therefore we glorify you in our body and our spirit, which are yours. God, we will not partner with the lies of the enemy. We'll set our gaze on you and who you've declared us to be. And I thank you, Jesus, that you were willing some 2,000 years ago to come in to all the praise of people, knowing that it was just going to be turned to crucify him. God, may we live from such a place, whether we have the praise of the people or the ridicule of the people, that our heart is fixed, that we're determined, that we're going to serve you and follow you. Father, we love you and we bless you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If our ladies would come, as they're coming, I just want to publicly say thank you again to Bobby and Leanna who cooked our barbecue uh, last week. It was very, very good. Yeah, it was, it was so good. Uh, I personally couldn't pick which barbecue I liked better. He had two different styles. They were very good. Yeah, yeah I didn't do spicy, so I, that was out. <laughs> get the mic well yeah teamwork makes the dream work so this this whole year has kind of been a uh, I've been obsessed with aspen trees and um, 
I'm just going to read a little bit about them, but it says, the trembling giant is an enormous grove of quaking aspens. So they're not trembling for fear. They're trembling because they're strong. And um, the entire forest is a single or organism. The grove literally is one single organism, and each of the approximately 47,000 trees or so in this grove are genetically identical, and all the trees share a single root system. Mm. While many trees spread through the, uh, through the flowering and sexual production, quaking aspens usually produce asexually by sprouting new trees from the expansive root under the ground, and that becomes the parent. The individual, tr individual trees aren't individuals, but stems of one massive single clone. And actually, the Latin word for pando means I spread. Mm. Katie and Nathan. I know your hearts. I know you yearn for me. I know that you're teaching your children to yearn for me. I love you with a deep yearning love as, as well, and that has no limitations. There's nowhere that you can go to escape my love. Your desire and ability to gather family, quote unquote, makes my heart sing. I deeply desire desired to have fellowship, so I created you. This desire is something that you both have deeply rooted into your souls and spirits. I know it's been a sacrifice at times and even an offering. I see that. You know how important this establishment of family and community is, and I'm so proud of all the work that you've done and are doing in this area. I'm kissing this endeavor with even more wisdom. Keep reaching, keep teaching, keep encouraging. I will go before you and blaze a trail. Well done. I yearn to come and be face to face with you and get to know you, for I long to impart to you some spiritual gift that will empower you to stand strong in your faith. Now this means that when we come together and are side by side, something wonderful will be released. We can Amen. expect to be co-encouraged co and co-comforted by each other's faith. Romans 1, 11 through 12. Amen. hearing he makes all things new and thank God for Google because I, I know it's in there it's like okay, which where's it at for sure and it was really wild I punched in he makes all things new and there's a bunch of places where he says he makes all things new so how many of you think he really makes all things new yeah. <laughs> I mean it starts in Isaiah 65 17 uh, new heaven and new earth, for behold, I create a new heaven and a new earth, and from the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. And it just, it's into in revelations. Once again, what did I do with that one? Anyway, it was just amazing to me that it was in here so many times. Revelations. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he says, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And I was telling Leanna earlier this week, I said it was amazing as the pollen is high, but it was like <laughs> Friday morning I went to work. I mean, I came home from work the other night. It's like you could see things were flowering. It was beautiful. Spring's coming. 
But it was like after that rain, it was like all of a sudden everything, there was this burst of green, this burst of color. And it's like, yeah, it's a new day. It is a new day, and it's a new beginning. So as it's spring, we have the dogwood where his promise is that he's taking everything and promise to give us a new life and making everything new. He also says in Romans uh, 8, 27 and 28, where he searches our hearts and he promises to make everything that goes through our life to turn it to our good and to his glory for those who are called. Mm. So everything that we've gone through and everything to come, he's got us. And he's making it all new. Mm-hmm. And Leanne, I want you to have this one, please. Amen. <laughs> Amen.